Hello and welcome to the next episode in this series of podcasts about children's books. Glad you could join me. Since last time I've been avidly reading the first in a series of adventures about Ariane Wynne Gribble, the Apprentice Witch. It's a refreshing new take on the world of witchcraft and wizardry, full of life and colour. It features a host of mysterious creatures, such as the slimy snotlings and an enigmatic moon hare. In a couple of episodes' time, I'll be talking to the book's author, James Nicholl, about his writing. I'm really looking forward to meeting him, and that's definitely one worth bookmarking. In today's episode, I'll be talking about children's books that are seriously good for a laugh, if you get my drift. I'll be sharing what experts have to say on the matter. All of them are still at school, so they know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> well, who doesn't enjoy a good laugh? I know I do. One of my all-time favourite funny books for children has to be The Twits by Roald Dahl. Most reviewers on Goodreads have given it a full five stars, so I don't seem to be alone there. Here's what one of our experts, Levi, has to say about it. A book I find funny is The Twits by Roald Dahl. I find it funny how the birds get revenge on the two twits who have always been mean to them. Mr and Mrs Twit are both complete and utter twits. They are mean and nasty and vindictive. One is as bad as the other. The book is full of hilarious pranks and children always love it when Mrs Twit screams hysterically after finding a big wet frog, otherwise known as a giant skilly wiggler, hopping around under the bedsheets. And when Mr Twit realises that he's been eating worms instead of spaghetti for his tea. So... Why is it that they laugh at such nasty tricks? Perhaps it has something to do with grown-ups rightfully getting their comeuppance at last. Listen to what Cara says about a book that she once read involving mean parents who get their just and very smelly desserts. A funny book that I enjoyed from when I was little is called The Giggler Treatment by Roddy Doyle. It's basically about if adults are mean to children, then these little... Um, creatures that giggle leave a big like bit of poo for them to stand in and I think it was written in a really funny way another funny bit that I remember is like the mum likes to go climbing and she went up Mount Everest with this like baby on her back on one of those like strap things that you strap babies into and I thought that was really funny we all know the world can be a pretty grim and serious place a place teeming with twits. Children know this too. They only have to watch the TV or go online to see it for themselves. So could humour be a legitimate way of helping them cope? When they encounter mean and nasty people who try to knock them back, might a dose of comic relief be just what they need? I think it might. What young person hasn't been teased and taunted because of the way they look, how they talk or the clothes they wear? Roald Dahl deals with this very issue when he introduces us to Mrs Twit. He describes her as being frightfully ugly, putting it down to all the ugly thoughts she has had. He says, A person who has good thoughts cannot ever be ugly. You can have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth, but if you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. Dahl does, however, go on to say that nothing shone out of Mrs Twit's face. After all, how could it? 
David Walliams is another expert at looking on the funny side of a serious situation. In his story about Joe Spud, the billionaire boy, he describes a scene in which Joe is pleading with his dad to send him to an ordinary school. He's tired of all those Latin lessons, scone-eating, or should I say, scone-eating, and top-hat polishing. The thing he wants most of all is a friend. But you can't go to an ordinary school, said his dad. You're a billionaire boy. All the kids will either bully you or want to be your friends just because you're rich. It'll be a nightmare for you. Well, I won't tell anyone who I am. I'll just be Joe. And maybe, just maybe, I'll make a friend. Or even two. Mr Spud thought for a moment and then relented. If it's what you really want, Joe, then okay, you can go to a normal school. Joe was so excited, he bum-jumped along the sofa nearer to his dad and gave him a cuddle. <clears throat> Don't crease the suit, boy, said Mr Spud. Oh, sorry, Dad, said Joe, bum-jumping back a little. He cleared his throat. <clears> throat. I love you, Dad. Yes, son, ditto, ditto, said Mr Spud as he rose to his feet. You may recall your own heartfelt childhood pleas and an adult's awkward response to them. Walliams, in his stories, seems to strike just the right note, finding the right words to save us from what otherwise might be a sad moment. One of the funniest writers out there has to be Philip Ardar. He even looks like a character from one of his own books. He describes his passion for writing as being matched only by his height, his shoe size, and the length of his beard. In one of his stories, a boy by the name of Fergal has a father with a wooden leg. Here's why. Back in the war, his dad's boat was torpedoed by a submarine. The ship was sinking, and his leg was caught under a mass of twisted metal. I'll read the next bit to you directly from the book. So, Captain Rufus McNally did a very brave thing. As the water poured into the cabin where he was trapped, knowing that if he couldn't free himself, he would definitely die, he decided to cut off his own leg. Sorry but there you are. I'd love to say that the solution was to skip happily with fluffy bunnies and nice music in the background, but this was war, and war is an horrible thing. If you don't want to know the details, look away until I tell you that it's safe to carry on reading. I'm sure we've all heard of people doing what Fergal's dad did, cutting off an arm or a leg. Not a nice thought, is it? But Philip Ardar somehow manages to soften the blow and make us smile despite our squeamishness. Children certainly love to read about outrageous things. How do I know that? Well, another of our book experts called Martha says so in her review of The Parent Agency by David Badil. The funniest book I've ever read is The Parent Agency by David Badil. It's funny because it's got an outrageous plot and it tells funny jokes and you can't even imagine it going on in real life. The Parent Agency is about a boy called Barry Bennett who blames his parents for everything. He blames them for the fact that he's always bored, for giving him the name Barry, for not buying him video games or a Lionel Messi duvet cover, for being really, really, really strict, for being poor and for not making his birthdays more fun. I once met a publisher who worked at Penguin Books with the author Roald Dahl. Dahl told him that he believed children's books should be funny, 
Books shouldn't be daunting, he said. They should be funny, exciting and wonderful. Of course, we don't all laugh at the same things. A sense of what's funny can be a matter of taste. When you ask a child to name a funny book they've read, as I did in preparing for this podcast, you don't always know what to expect. Nathaniel had his own idea about what makes him laugh in a book. The funniest book which I've read this year is the Man United 2020 annual because football's been a disaster this year. So did Lily. The funny book that I've chosen is called How to Be an Alien by George Mikes. I think it's funny because it makes funny comments about English people and how they behave. And so did Jacob. My funny book is Asterix and Obelix by two French guys whose names are really hard to say. My book is really funny because when an Asterix and Obelix go on missions, Obelix is always asking, is there a wild boar there? So whether it's those funny English people or those hard-to-pronounce Roman names or the demise of football during a pandemic, there's probably a funny book out there for everyone. In the last decade or so, we've seen the arrival of a whole host of books designed to engage those hard-to-engage kids in reading by giving them a right good chortle. Now kids everywhere can snort their way through no less than 11 titles in the Barry Loser series by Jim Smith, or all 14 books in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series by Jeff Kinney. Each page is typically full of quick-drawn illustrations, jottings and doodles, reminiscent of the things bored kids scribble all over their maths and geography books in school. And if those 25 titles are not enough, children can laugh along with Nicky Maxwell through all 15 books in the Dork Diary series, or all 18 Tom Gates books. Here's a snippet from Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Ugly Truth, to give you a flavour. It's been almost two and a half weeks since me and my best friend, Roly Jefferson, had our big fight. To be honest with you, I thought he would have come crawling back to me by now, but for some reason that hasn't happened. Now that our friendship is history, I'm in the market for a new best friend. The problem is, I've invested all my time in Roly, and I don't have anyone lined up to take his place. The two best options I have at this point are Christopher Brownfield and Tyson Sanders, but each of those guys has his own issues. I hung out with Christopher for the last few weeks of the summer, mostly because he's a really excellent mosquito magnet. But Christopher is more of a summertime friend than a school year friend. Tyson's nice enough, and we like the same video games, but he pulls his pants all the way down when he uses the urinal, and I don't know if I could ever get past that. And yes, in case you're wondering, there is a picture on the page of Tyson with his pants down, and Greg looking on in horror. So there's never been a better time to get your hands on cool and up-to-date humour for kids. Back in the day, of course, we had to navigate our way through the unlikely escapades of Nigel Molesworth, in books like Down With School and How To Be Top by Geoffrey Willans. Nigel does his best to survive at a boarding school called St Custard's, avoiding mean Latin masters and canes with names like Old Faithful and The Creaker. Hmm, how times have changed. The modern 21st century school pupil hardly knows a thing about ancient archaic languages and barbaric forms of corporal punishment, do they? Arches. Best stick with Captain Underpants and the Dogman, then. But, before we leave bygone funny books completely behind, let me read to you a bit from Norman Hunter's adventures of Professor Brainstorm. 
He wrote them back in 1933, when boys never even wore long pants, and girls still wore petticoats and played with spinning tops for fun. Professor Brainstorm rang the bell for his housekeeper, and then, remembering that he had taken the bell away to invent a new kind of one, he went out into the kitchen to find her. Mrs. Flittersnoop, he said, looking at her through his near-sighted glasses and holding the other four pairs, two in each hand. Put your things on and come to the pictures with me. There's a very instructive film on this evening all about the home life of the Brussels sprout. Oh, thank you kindly, sir, said Mrs. Flittersnoop. I've just got me ironing to finish, which won't take a minute, and I'll be ready. She didn't care a bent pen nib about the Brussels sprout picture, but she wanted to see the Mickey Mouse one. So, while the professor was putting on his boots and taking them off again because he had got them on the wrong feet and getting some money out of his money box with a bit of wire, she finished off the ironing, put on her best bonnet, the blue one with the imitation strawberries on it, and off they went. In his scatterbrained way, the professor goes on to invent a machine, to borrow a book from a library, moves house, studies spring cleaning, and does a broadcast. Hmm, not such a bad idea. Well, perhaps it's not the sort of comedy that will give you a side-splitting belly laugh, or have you falling off the edge of your seat, but I'm not sure that many books can do that. What Norman Hunter did achieve, however, was to create characters with quirky mannerisms and foibles that we can readily identify with, and that may well be one of the main purposes of humour. The ability to laugh at ourselves. That's all for now. Let me know which books have had you in stitches, or have at least brightened your day. It might give us a laugh or two. <laughs> Join me next time when I'll be talking to Karen Walker, who owns and runs her very own children's bookshop in York. I'll be asking her about her favourite titles, what books she would recommend, what's hot and what's not in the world of children's literature. Bye for now, happy reading, and I hope you don't lose your page. (laughs) 